love. Some would say it took a backseat when the pandemic forced us apart. As a family-run and proudly Canadian-owned company, Charm Diamond Centres saw the need to bring us together with tales of love and created the Canadian Love Map podcast. Since then, we've shared hundreds of real, uplifting stories that prove love conquers all. So thank you for listening. We couldn't do it without you. And remember, love starts here. It was so amazing to have someone with you because there are days where like I'd break down crying running and it was just, it was so much that you're putting your body through. It was just great to have someone with you at every kilometer. And, you know, if I had to stop and take a breather, there was someone there with me, but there was also someone to say like, I know you can do this. Welcome to the Canadian Love Map, a podcast that celebrates love stories of all kinds, presented by Canada's largest family-owned jeweler, Charm Diamond Centres. This week's love story belongs to Jess and Jack. They live in Ottawa and both work on Parliament Hill, but politics had nothing to do with how they met. Some love stories start with a chase, but theirs started with a race. Why don't you each tell me about what your life was like before you met the other? Um, I had just moved to Ottawa about three years, I think, before meeting Jess. Um, So I grew up in New Brunswick um, and uh, was working in New Brunswick and uh, and then got a job at uh, on Parliament, moved to Ottawa. Um, not knowing anyone in Ottawa, didn't have any family or friends, um, had only been to Ottawa once actually on a uh, class trip when I was in elementary school. Um, I grew up in a town that was only about 10,000 people. So it was quite the, uh, quite the change. And, uh, I don't know. I feel like my life revolved a lot around work, run, go to the gym, sleep, work, run, go to the gym, sleep. (laughs) It sounds like you were ready for her to sweep in and uh, fill up your life. We both were on a million dating apps. I guess so I, I did date, but uh, but nothing really serious. I think I was at the point where I was kind of like, oh, like these dating apps, like who finds anyone on these mm-hmm. things? Like, Well, I feel like my life was really different. Like I just really gotten into a position at work that I like absolutely loved was really where I want to be. And so my life was work and a lot of like just enjoying living downtown like I had an apartment that I absolutely loved I have a little corgi that I'm obsessed with and Mm -hmm. so you know it was just enjoying working and like going out for drinks with people and you know enjoying downtown life and patios and things like that like that was pretty much my life before uh, before Jack. Tell me how you happen to be here talking to me today. Um, So how we met was last year. Um, Jack's actually been a runner for a while. He has run a marathon. He was training for a half marathon at the time. I like, you know, was starting running. So I'd done a few 5Ks and I was retraining um, last spring for the like Ottawa weekend 5K. Um, And so like before that, I like, I don't know, looked at a bunch of things on social media of runners to like get inspiration And I'd seen Jack's profile maybe like a few days before. Um, And then I saw him on like race weekend. And then I messaged him and was like, good luck on your race. Like, I hope it goes well. Um, We really started talking after he finished his half marathon. So was that that still um, 
just through text or online or were you face to face? No, on Instagram. She messaged me on Instagram, which is such a funny way, I guess, to meet someone that I had never really thought about before. I feel like we were both on a million dating apps, never crossed each other's paths, worked, you know, a street away from each other, um, both like around the parliamentary precinct never crossed paths. And, uh, and then, yeah, she messaged me on Instagram when she saw me at uh, the race. Okay, let me, I've got to ask you more about what you do, because it's my impression that although you're both working on Parliament Hill, that might be where the similarities end. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. for some part. Um, (laughs) We don't do the same type of job at all on the Hill. I work for a parliamentarian, um, and Jack works in HR. And so it makes sense that our like lives didn't really um, cross that much, but we probably were always within like a block of each other. Um, but yeah, like for the most part, we're, we're pretty different. I think our lives are more similar now that we live together because it's forced it, but I wasn't that, you know, into outdoorsy things before him. And now I think every weekend we go on some type of hike or, some type of crazy thing that he like convinces me of that I think I'm going to die. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's been really interesting. Mm-hmm. So I want to hear more about how your adventure unfolded. You were contacting each other on Instagram and then what? Um, it took a few days, but then we decided to meet and like neither one of us was sure it was a date. Uh, I was pretty sure it was okay, a date. Well, I sure. wasn't sure it was a date. I just thought we'd been talking and we seemed to like get along. And I was like, I don't know, because how do you know on Instagram? Um, but it, it was pretty soon. Yeah, um, I asked her to go for drinks. We went to, to the Mill Street Brewery. But like, little did I know that Jack didn't really drink. So <laughs> it was a very interesting first date, because even halfway through, he like had one drink and then maybe two and wanted yeah. to switch to Coke. And I was like, well, this is clearly not a date. Nothing. It's not going well. Like this is the end. <laughs> and like, I mean, he probably drank more during that night than our entire relationship. So that first date, were there, were there signs, other signs that suggested, okay, we might be very different in terms of our likes and dislikes? I would say maybe a little bit. My life on the Hill was, you know, this was heading into our busy season. So I really, you know, work a 12 hour day and then would head to the pub with some people and, you know, as long walk my dog on the weekend. And that was basically my life because he was so so into training. (laughs) Our lives seemed pretty different. Like, yeah. And like, I, I didn't drink at all. I think at the beginning, that was (laughs) like a big thing for you, especially Mm -hmm. Um, even like her parents and all of her friends were like, oh my God, he doesn't drink. Like what what on earth do you guys ever do together? And then I was about to be leaving for three weeks to go to Australia and New Zealand at this point. Um, so we had our first date, I want to say three, four weeks before I went to Australia. So really, I think we had our first date and then chatted a bit but I had crazy hours and we couldn't see each other because I was busy with work okay but how did it unfold then we had a bunch of after I think there was a little bit of time where we didn't have we didn't see each other and then we went on a lot of lunchtime walks yeah a lot of walks on the canal I brought her for a bless her I think I was our third date we went on a 14 kilometer hike in Mm -hmm. Calabogie to this lookout 
And it ended up being like, I think it was like 33 degrees that day, blaring sun in the middle of July. Um, Or I guess maybe not July, maybe it was in June, but it was very hot. And uh, I remember asking her like, you know, are you sure you're going to be up for a hike this this long? Mm -hmm. Little did we know it would take us, I think it was like six hours. It was quite the hike. Um, And I remember thinking at the end, like, wow, if she lasted this long, like, there there must be something there must be something between us she must have some feelings if she was willing to spend the entire day tromping through the mosquito infested forest with me (laughs) so it was a test and she passed yeah by the end she was like carrying andy our uh our dog like clearly i didn't understand what a hike meant like i thought people you know do a four kilometer hike in like the gatineau park like clearly misunderstood jess what did you think at the end of that hike Jack said, Jack told us what he was thinking at the end of that hike. What were you thinking? I mean, I was just glad it was done. <laughs> um, but look, it was really good. And I it was very, very different than anything I'd ever done. Because, you know, for six hours, you're essentially alone with one person. And there's no like distractions besides the climb. And so it was really interesting, like, it, you know, to see how he would deal with me and like the need to break every five seconds. And then at some point we had to carry the Corgi because this dog was like, what is this? I'm an apartment dog. I mean, I like, I had nothing but good thoughts at the end of this. I was like, that was a really great day despite the craziness. I mean, right after we went, um, we stopped for ice cream. Yeah. We stopped for ice cream. And I like, that was like a really great moment of that day. It was kind of like, I mean, telling of what like the rest of our lives were like, because like, it's like, you know, we've run now, we were both training for a a half marathon. And it was like, once the 20 kilometers and minus 30 is done, then we would like sit down for dinner, and we'd have a great chat. And it's, it's very telling of like how our relationship ended up being really. What does running mean to you? Um, individually, and also as a couple? Oof, running. I feel like running has been such a huge part of my life for the last, mostly the last three years. So I guess not really that long, but I went through a major, major weight loss. Um, I lost 160 pounds in uh, 2017. Wow. Was there a moment that you made a decision that you needed to change your life? How did that happen? Yeah. So I, I, I mean, I was overweight most of my life. going back all the way to five years old. And I remember going home for Christmas to New Brunswick in 2017, uh, for Christmas 2017. And I remember just feeling so embarrassed and ashamed um, for my family to see me because I knew that they would see that I had gained weight. But I think that was really the turning point where I was like, I I can't let it get any worse than this. And so I remember telling myself on the drive home from New Brunswick that, you know, I have to do something. I have to, I have to change my life. So how did you do it? So I, I mean, I got home I remember it was December 31st and I remember specifically telling myself, this is not a new year's resolution because no one ever follows through on their new year's resolutions. (laughs) So I started on December 31st, not January 1st. And I, uh, I just simply started by making, you know, changes to, to my everyday life. I, uh, I stopped ordering out from Uber Eats, stopped eating McDonald's every day, started actually going to the grocery store and actually cooking at home. 
Um, I always loved to cook and I loved to bake. I had to sadly cut out a lot of the baking. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, really started to like expand my cooking skills and started like meal prepping and, you know, all the common sense things that people tell you to do, eat more broccoli and less Big Macs. And uh, joined a gym that really specialized in people who had to lose large amounts of weight. So people who needed to lose, you know, 50, 100, 200 pounds, um, which I think really helped because when I went in, I didn't have, well, I mean, I was scared at the beginning, but, but once I kind of started going more regularly, I realized, you know, everyone's in the same position as me. Um, you know, it's overwhelming when you're 350 pounds and you try and walk into a normal gym with people who, you know, are running on treadmills that look like gazelles. It, it, uh, it feels a little overwhelming. And about a week into my weight loss, um, so before I actually even joined the gym, I signed up for a 10K race. And I remember telling myself that it doesn't matter if I'm the last person to finish as long as I finish. There was a two-hour time limit to the course race. And I remember thinking, all I have to do is finish. I just have to do it within two hours. That's all that matters. But when I started, I couldn't even walk 10K, let alone finish it within two hours. And uh, I ended up losing about 60 or 70 pounds before the race. Um, So quite a lot more than I ever could have imagined. And I ended up finishing it in an hour and 37 minutes. So I had 23 minutes to spare. Awesome. And, uh, and everyone was just always so supportive. And so like, you know, everyone is there cheering you on and no one cares if you're the first to finish or the last to finish. Like, you know, everyone was so supportive regardless. And that really kind of started my, you know, addiction to running. Um, I ran 20 races that year um, in, uh, in 2018. Yeah. So it's, I would say like, it's, one of the most important things in my life. I, I love, love to run. That's incredible. It's like running was a bridge to a whole new life for you. Yeah, it really was. It's, I, I always credit running as, you know, changing my life so much for the better. Amazing. And, and now it found you, Jess. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it did. (laughs) What does it mean to you, Jess? It's been something that's really brought us both together, but also like really taught me what like you can actually do. Like it's really mind over matter because there are some days this winter where it was like minus 30 and like, there's no way a year ago you could have told me that I would run 20 kilometers in minus 30. Like I thought people were insane that did that. Um, and like, but really there was no doubt in my mind every weekend, we would like get out and go run these crazy amount of, uh, of kilometers. So I think it really taught me a lot about myself, but but like at the same time, it was so um, like amazing to have someone with you because there are days where like I'd break down crying running and it was just, it was so much that you're putting your body through and your schedule became everything was about work and then running. Um, and it was just great to have someone with you at every kilometer. And, you know, if I had to stop and take a breather, there was someone there with me, but there was also someone to say like, I know you can do this. Like it was so crazy to be able to see uh, like how much I could do, but also like how, how much your partner would stick with you um, through all that, because really he runs so much faster than me, but still like for all those long runs would like run at my pace and like help me get better at doing it. And so I think it really brought us closer together. Do you talk when you run together? 
I talk too much. He hates yeah. it. I'm always like, you have to focus on your breathing. Like, just shut up for a few minutes. <laughs> Half the time, I'm out of breath. And then I'll want to stop for a selfie 15 kilometers in. Like, I am probably, like, his nightmare on a run. But, like, it's still fine. He will still, uh, he still puts up with me uh, doing it. Well, it always makes me laugh because she'll get out of breath. And I'm like, yeah, if you stopped talking, you'd be able to breathe more. Yeah, I, I really, I love that idea that, um, even though Jack is a much more experienced runner uh, and and might run faster, that you're doing this together and maybe you both bring something to the table, you know, that helps the other. Yeah, yeah I, would def- I would definitely say so. Like, I think it's sometimes hard in some couples, like people who train for marathons, it's such a huge time dedication. And it's so, I'm so thankful that I have a partner that, you know, not only is supportive of me spending so many hours on this, um, but is willing to spend some of those hours with me, you know, out uh, on the road. So it's it's been great. I really, really love having her with me. And I have to ask, do you talk about politics when you're not running? Yes. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. More so me. I will go on rants and then Jack just listens to me. <laughs> yeah, no, I would say I would say we talk a fair bit about it. Um, sometimes some of the Senate stuff, I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, I should drown it out a little bit. But I'd say we talk probably more about politics than probably average Canadians. Yeah. <laughs> how would you say, yeah. how would you each say that you've changed because of the relationship? I'm, I'm much more willing to give things a try and see if I can do it. My parents have said that too, of, uh, I've gone on all these adventures that they, uh, they like didn't even recognize me anymore for that. What about you, Jack? I think I value family a little bit more now, which I think is going to, I feel like that sounds a little odd, but Jess is so close to her family, which is something that I think is so nice. Um, and although I'm, you know, I'm close with my family, I speak with them. None of them are physically close to me um, because they're both in different cities. And I think I've really like learned to appreciate that and value that so much. I think it's, and I think uh, she's going to laugh when I say this, but I think it has taught me to compromise more. <laughs> she's always saying I don't compromise enough. I uh, I lived alone for a long time. I moved out when I was 17 and uh, and lived by myself for quite a number of years since then and uh, and was maybe very stuck in my ways of uh, living my bachelor life. So. And so tell me what happened in between the time we signed you up for the love map and today? Well, so interesting. But Jack brought me to the restaurant of the first place we uh, went on a date, which I was so excited because he asked me if I wanted to go on a date and we hadn't been on an actual date in so long. So like, I didn't even think anything of it. I was like, so excited. I was like, Oh, we get to go out. Um, But yeah, it was uh, they had these fireworks in Ottawa that they had scheduled where they didn't announce the location, so, or they well, not the specific location. And it was meant so that there were no crowds. Um, and so that was like his excuse was like, we'll go to the restaurant and, you know, let's just go to this restaurant because you really love it. And, uh, and then we'll go see the fireworks. And then what happened? Well, then I was obviously taking pictures, as I always am. And Jack said, could you please put your phone away? And I was like, okay, like... 
fine, I'll put my phone away. But I mean, the fireworks, how do I Instagram this? <laughs> so I put my phone away. And like he said, I have something for you. And then I was excited. So I was like, ah, gifts. This is amazing. <laughs> like, what a night. And, uh, and he handed me this little box. Um, and I and it was like really dark. And I was like, like, is this, you know, like, I like wasn't sure if I was going crazy or not. Um, and then yeah, I opened it. No, you didn't open it. You started crying. Oh, yes, I started crying. And then you said that. And then I opened it because I didn't really see the ring till we were back in the car. Like there were so many people around us. And I was like, this can't be real. And so it was very distracting. You but, didn't uh, think I've got to put this on Insta- yeah. Instagram right now? Oh, oh, I thought about it. He probably thought I was going to put it on Instagram right away. And I was like, no, no, I have to call all the best friends that are all in a different time zone. Is it too corny to ask, what are your hopes for the future? Because you're setting out on this life together. I hope for less renovations in the house. We've been, <laughs> we, just, we just bought a house this year too, and we have been in renovation mode. So I have a dream that one day we're going to be settled in the house and... There'll be no more renovations needed. We were training for a half marathon. Our half marathon actually was the weekend that the pandemic started and Canada shut down. So we actually never ran our half marathon. So like, I really want to eventually run the half marathon that I trained a year for. Just like have, I don't know, some sense of normalcy that's like been taken away and have more of what we'd originally thought our life would look like, which is probably a lot more races, a lot more hikes. Well, I just want to say thanks so much to both of you for telling us your love story and for allowing us to put you on our map. <laughs> oh, you're very welcome. It's been very fun. Thanks so much for listening to the Canadian Love Map. If you love us, please subscribe and share. We'll be back next week with another love story to add to the map. This podcast is brought to you by Charm Diamond Centers, Canada's largest family-owned jewelry store. They are proud to be putting love on the map. And the staff at Charm Diamond Centers are thrilled to be a part of your love story too. So visit charmdiamondcenters.com or one of your local stores. Love starts here. This podcast is made possible by Charm Diamond Centers. It's hosted by me, Nancy Regan, and is produced and distributed by Podstarter.